Manchester said, you're going to stay, you will know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit. Come on down to Highbury, you can see Thierry Henry, he is the best player you will ever see, Thierry Henry, have you come on down to Highbury. Hello and good evening to From Dial Square to Where. How are you doing, chappers, or gappers should I say, you still got your yeah, gap. Yeah, still you? there, got the dentist Fantastic. on Friday to get my, uh, what's it, what's it, Whatever it's called, uh, prototype. Like so I'll be sort of, sort of be, <laughs> prototype. Uh, prototype. So I'll sort of be a bit of an android next, next time. Me. This is this is from Dial Square to Wear with Andrew and Android. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. So, uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, slowly but surely I'm becoming more machine than man. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, sorry, I've just been distracted. But Chelsea, uh, it's in injury time. And um, uh, what's his name? The uh, American geezer, Pulisic, has literally <laughs> just gone through on goal, had a clear run at the keeper, took it round the goalkeeper and put it wide. <laughs> that Things is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. The last kick of the game, actually. They've just blown the final <laughs> whistle as well. So, yeah, they've just won 1-0 away at Malmo, which is not a great result for them. So, you know, obviously they've won. But uh, anyway, right. And how are you, Kunjan? I'm good, buddy. You tell me. Um, I'm sure everyone is buzzing with uh, the news that we got today morning. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I should I should actually say Bienvenido a Tottenham Hotspur, Antonio Conte. Oh, actually, sorry, no, no, sorry. That's um, that's Spanish. Uh, I'll edit that. Still common. Still common. That's what it is. <laughs> no, hang on. No, that's I'll, I'll edit that bit out later. That's just a really embarrassing <laughs> mistake there. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll come on to that in a in a short while. But Ryan's going to be joining us uh, very soon, which will be good. Um, so in the meantime, we can have just have a bit of a a quick chat about the uh, the game against Leicester, which I think was a fantastic away performance, personally. Um, and see what you guys are uh, thinking about it, um, Chappers. Well, I mean. I, like I said, I don't think we could have done much better against a really good side away from home, uh, personally. But uh, what's your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I, I, I was actually for, for when when the game was live. I didn't catch the first half because I was uh, out surfing with my son, which was very exciting. Wow. Uh, they've got like a, they've got like this one of those m- machines that are um, wave generating machine things, lakes. Uh, just near, just outside of Bristol, where I live. So yeah, we went there, um, and I managed to to get the second half, which was obviously great as well. Um, but I, I think, yeah, again, another really solid performance. Um, I, I, I'm really, really impressed by the way that we seem. There just seems to be a lot less fuss and dither amongst the team. There, there seems to be a mm. little bit more of certainty uh, uh you know on the ball and off it as well so when 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 we defend you know there's no messing about there's no indecision uh and i really really like that and i have to say i i i think that that's probably down to the ramsdale effect i think that that's got to be a really really large part of it because he's in there he is all the all the time you know for 90 minutes and he really he just seems to 
have uh, be on it constantly and on them constantly. And I think that that's really, really helpful to the team and and kind of. I, so here's an example. I played, I played football on Sunday. Uh, I nearly died. <laughs> but, uh, it, it was it was a hard fought four to uh, cup game defeat uh, to a team that were four divisions above us. But we we put in a good show. Um, but only after we conceded two goals because we weren't talking to each other. And as soon as we started talking to each other, we played so coherently as a team. And I really just think that that, that has made a massive, massive difference to have that vo vocality at the back um, and, yeah. and permeating through the whole team. Um, and needless to say, he was man of the match as well. Um uh, Vardy didn't look like he was particularly on his game, uh, which is always good for us. I think he, he, sort of, he he's kind of still trying to shake off an injury, isn't he? Is that right? Yeah, I think I think that was a lot down to Ben White as well, though. To be fair, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. He absolutely. had a brilliant, brilliant tussle with him throughout the whole ninety minutes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And he's mm. shaping up to be a really good player, Ben White. And uh, mm. I can see now why we paid fifty million for him. It's it's funny, isn't it? When you know, lots and lots of people were bemoaning that we spent this money on this player and that money on that player. And why didn't I get the shiny player that I wanted? But actually, uh, most of these decisions so far, certainly, yeah, um, certainly, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with all six signings. Actually, have yeah. made some sort of an impact since they've come into the team, and it's really made a massive, massive difference to the way that we play as a team and the quality of the football that we play as well. Absolutely, it certainly has. And I said, I said this last week. I think that you know it's incredible how I, I can't remember how many teams in the past have had such an impact by all of their signings of the previous summer coming into the team and playing so well and playing such a key part in the team straight away. You know, there's been no failures out of the six of them. And I'll just quickly say hello to Ryan. Welcome. How are you doing? Hey, Ryan. Hi, guys. How are you doing, guys? You, you, you finished your teddy bear's picnic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kunjan. Same question to you, really, mate, about... Um, the, the game against Leicester and what your thoughts on it were. I, I was very impressed. And one thing I actually, well, many talking points, but the first thing was that um, after Crystal Palace, when we watched against Villa, um, the directness of the attack, we were away to Leicester. And I, I expected, obviously, for us to be a slightly uh, defensive setup, but um, it wasn't the case. Uh, like, I... I, I, I read up on the screen I'm like are we at home again by any chance because we literally took the game to Leicester mm. um, and, and and you could see from set piece after set piece we were bombarding uh, Leicester and you could see that they were taken aback like Brendan Rodgers was not expecting this and that's such a good thing to have considering all these years when we speak of Arsenal it's like whether we're at home or away, we're always on the back foot. Whether it's Leicester, whether it's Watford, whether it's Manchester City, we're always on the back foot. We're always the team that looks for errors in the side. And again, both the goals did not come from errors from Leicester. It actually came from a strategic play. If you looked at um, the way um, the, the set pieces were being taken, if you look at the structure, everyone knew what they were going to be doing. 
uh, Emil Smith, uh, Smith Rose goal, uh, the, the Smith came through literally out of nothing. But if you mm. track back to how the ball was played and where the position play was and how they were breaking Leicester, I was highly impressed. Um, the second thing that um, I was very, very, very impressed by was um, an individual. It was not even... Um, a performance collective as one individual listener. And I think everyone knows who it was. It was the man of the match of the evening, and that was Aaron Ramsdale. You could throw a nuclear warhead at him, and he would not let it through <laughs> the, uh, the post. And I, I, was, I, was, I was like, what's happening here? And just to track back, this is something we were very excited for um, during our FA Cup uh, Cup run, because we enjoyed watching Martinez. Martinez's physicality. We had a sense of security. Chappers watching... have gone to get a nuclear warhead just to test it out. <laughs> just to try it out. <laughs> just to try it out. Um, but yeah, like you, like when you see the kind of solid, like the solidness of having Ramsdale. And again, I'll be the first one to admit this. I was not a fan when we were linked to the Ramsdale. I I was like, what are we doing? We we absolutely can do better than this. And I'm starting to eat a big, big chunk of humble pie because he was phenomenal. He was simply phenomenal. And we have to give credit to the manager. And again, I think we said this last week. I'm going to say it again. There's a togetherness of the squad. There's a togetherness of the squad and the fans. There's a togetherness of the squad, the fans, and the manager. Like... I know we're going to get to this later on, but today when I saw um, the news of Conte crop up, there was this big barrage of Arsenal fans that jumped up and said, you see, we could have had him, but we chose not to go for him. This is stupid. Our, our manager is complacent. Our board is complacent. I'm still anti the board, but this is what I'm trying to say. When the manager is doing good, back him up. And the manager is not doing good, speak. let's speak on improvements. Let's speak on how we can do better. And he's, he's done such a good job ever since our 5-0 defeat to uh, Manchester City. And yet he's getting no credit. He's absolutely getting no credit. Everybody is still looking for something to pinpoint about, which I think is slightly unfair. And the Leicester City game, just at the back of a victory of Leicester City, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Leeds United, just at the back of a victory to Aston Villa. These are not easy fixtures. Yes, we cannot pick them up against having a Liverpool, a Manchester City, or even a Manchester United, despite the new Conte revolution at Manchester United. Um, we cannot we cannot compare these fixtures, but these are fixtures that are not easy on paper, and we won them, and won them well. Let's give mm. credit to them. Let's give credit to the team. They deserve all the plaudits that can come their way. It's not a fluke. It's not a one-off. And we just hope for uh, an upward trajectory. Yeah, that's a good point that you made about it not being a fluke as well. Because I've seen people, well, you only you only sort of uh, managed to keep a clean sheet because of your goalkeeper. He was just saving everything. Well, that's not a fluke because oh, you went out and bought job. him in the summer <laughs> to do exactly that job. You know, and that's how good he is. So, yeah, that's not a fluke. You know, we put him in that position. <laughs> Just for that reason, uh, Ryan. What about you, mate? Or, I mean, are you as uh, happy as as we all seem to be? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, like uh, Kuzan just said, 
literally since Man City defeat, we in all competitions we haven't lost a single game. We almost lost the Palace, but again, we've, we've all made a few subs, and, and suddenly there's for the last 15, 20 minutes there's a fight there. Again, we hadn't seen for how long in, in, under under Emery, under Wenger, the, the last few years under Wenger. If we were down in the last few minutes, in the last few minutes of a game, it would be this just makes sure we don't lose by three or four things like that. And now is it? We're showing fight, and then we've moved on from that. We've gone and beat Aston Villa at home. At, when we've had buddy, the, the Martinez derby, we've got Emmy Martinez giving it the big I am. We've gone, we've, we've, we've let him come to the carpet, we've put him to the soul. We've then a week later took on Leicester away, a, a, not just a fixture, a, a venue that hasn't been kind to us in the last few years up till last, last season when we've beaten 3 1. hasn't been kind to us. No, not I've at all. Said, suddenly you've got a tune out of this squad when it comes to these games. And we've got a member of as well, amongst all the, all the mediocrity of last season. Uh, Mikel Arteta actually did break that hoodoo of um, beating the top six away side or top four, top five away side for like what was it five years, five six years it had stood, and he went went to two teams and got the results. Yeah, it's so, the first time we've beaten um, Leicester away three times on the trot, which is yeah. one of them's including in the cup um, last season yeah. since nineteen twenty five. Wow. <laughs> That's not a bad, not a bad uh, thing to tick off the the old notebook, is it? Yeah. So anyway, carry carry on, Ryan. We mentioned Conte there today. The news about Conte going to then lock down the road. We're still, we're discussing it in the last night. The potential of it happening because it was all, it's still not fully We we discussed it last night, and even now I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about him. Yes, he's a world class manager, but it's Tottenham. It, we've seen, we've seen, we've seen uh, Nuno has been promised the world. Mourinho was promised everything and the sun. What did he get? So what's what suddenly changed? The club is. He got a little bit cross. That's what he did. Yeah, that's a tad. Well, I think Conte's have been known in his past to have yeah. a little bit of a fiery temper. Yeah, just a tad, yeah, just a, that that yeah, just a tad. Just having a fight with Diego Costa and walking out of into Milan after winning the league title because they basically have sold up his best players. Because the club's in debt, ironically, with the owners, and they've just paid. They're in debt. The, the, go to Tottenham. They're in the club's in debt. They're in more than we've ever been. We've ever been since I moved to the Emirates. They've just paid Nuno and his staff around fourteen to sixteen million pound. They've now obviously paid got those through the nose as well. Take, probably have to take out loads to pay, get Conte and his staff. And you got, I'm seeing these Tottenham, I'm seeing Tottenham fans thinking, oh yeah, that's it. World class manager, here comes the trophies, here comes the Europa Conference. I'm like, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm seeing Arsenal fans, I'm like, that, that, um, we've mentioned before, oh, we could have had Conte, maybe we, did, maybe we could have, but, we, but we, for, for what, for, unlike Tottenham, we're, we're stuck by a manager. And that's where you've got to give Edu and the people upstairs plaudits because obviously since obviously Man City defeat, as I said before, we haven't lost. Mm. We've turned around. But we're now seeing a style of play. We're now seeing a settled back line in terms of the goalkeeper and the back four. We've seen, we've seen a structure. With what, and literally, in terms of our injury record, apart from Granite, and obviously Tilly's got a knock for it recently, apart from them two, we've got a fully fit squad to pick from. Mm. We're, now, we're suddenly seeing an upturn in performances and results against teams yeah. last year. Let's not forget, Leicester beat us at the Emirates 1-0. Villa done the double over us. Burnley done the double over us. And we're, 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 this season, we're beating them teams. Mm. Look at Bayer Crocker doing it. So you can't complain. But you, 
but you've got the bigger accounts, so they say, the bigger, the bigger influencers want to complain because it suits their agenda. Yeah, I know. And uh, just a hello to Shane saying, uh, how does anyone take right. Jamie O'Hara seriously? I don't, does anyone actually yep. take him seriously? And uh, well done for the use of the word pleb. Um, mm. I, haven't, I haven't seen that for a long time. and that, That's got to be brought back into everyday uh, speech. That's a, a fantastic polite, word really. there, mate. Yeah. I couldn't think of a better word to actually describe Jamie O'Hara with, to be perfectly honest. But um, has he been has be has, has he been sort of uh, gobbing off recently then, or uh, is this just? Oh no, uh, it's just basically said Arsenal, West Ham, Leicester. Watch out, we're back. Yeah, they've got Conte, we're back, sort of thing. Bring it on. Uh, like back from exactly. What? Yeah. You... Well, I, I I read an interesting back from the stat shops. earlier. Actually, I read an interesting <laughs> stat that um, in the last year Tottenham have had more managers than they've ever won league titles. <laughs> yeah, no, <it's> funny. <laughs> three managers, two league titles. That's and the year's guess. and the year's not even finished yet. Let's just put no. that one out there as well. Going back on the content thing before I move we move on. Literally, yeah. He came in he, he, he's proven himself in Premier League at Chelsea. I said to you last night there's a thing on Sky, they basically did they did a stat thing where at the events of Chelsea's and Inters recently, they did like an average how much he spent. At Chelsea in the Premier League, over the two years he was there, he spent nearly two hundred million pound. He ain't gonna get that at Chelsea, <laughs> Tottenham. Sorry, no, no, not, no, no. a hundred million. No, yeah, got, they've got a, a nine hundred million pound debt to pay off for yeah. their stadium. They've got um, obviously the, the pandemic stadium, yeah. lack of funds to contend with as well. They turned down one hundred and fifty million for Kane, which you're never going to see again. Um, in a million years, that's like turning down the 250 grand box in deal or no deal and ended up with a pound, <laughs> you know. That's the they've, got a, they've got a player there, a world class, world class striker there that doesn't want to be there, he's not performing. What suddenly is going to turn up and get a tune out of him, I know, and suddenly change his mind. Well, I put uh, I put a tweet out there saying, um, well, that's the end of Conte as a serious manager, then because. Yeah. No manager will ever come out of Spurs with a heightened reputation. Um, I don't even think, you know, Poch was probably the closest they've ever had to to that. But, you know, he's not going to win anything. He's gonna, not going to win anything for the first time in his managerial career, Antonio Conte, because he's gone to Spurs. And <laughs> that's not a good look for him, is it? You know, it's not not the biggest and the best career move for him to make. If you read between the lines as well of his, of his statement, he's put a reason why he's now accepted compared to the summer. It's basically because they've offered him more money. Offered him more money. For the money at the situation, put themselves in more debt. Okay. And cool. an eighteen-month contract. Yeah. So, I think it's it's going to go south uh, fairly quickly when he realizes when he when he gets told that he's not going to be able to spend much. Yeah. Um, Spurs are, you know, I'm I'm very very surprised, uh, actually a bit surprised that they uh, got rid of Nuno. It just in the sense that he's exactly what they want in uh, in that he's a, a bit of a yes man. You know what mm. I mean? It, no, sorry, no, no, we haven't got this. Let's oh, oh, okay, boss. All right, well, no worries. Whereas I, I don't think uh, Conte is the kind to to ever want to operate like that. And and you know, if he's not getting what he wants uh, financially for 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 players, then he's going to let them know pretty soon enough, isn't he? Well, uh, January the thirty first uh, is my best bet, really. 
Um, <laughs> for, for him to suddenly, uh, yep, yeah, see you later, guys. Sorry about that, but no, well, we I'm staying here no longer. We saw it back in May as well, in terms of Conte and him walking out. He literally just won the league titles with Inter Man, the first to break that stranglehold that Juventus had for the last near decade. And he was told he had to sell the likes of Lukaku and all his other best players to, to bring in new potential players, not even world class. He, he was like, no, I'm out of here, bye. He tore up his own contract and walked out of the club. If he can do I that know. Tomorrow, he's got to do that at Tottenham. I'm sorry. After just winning the league, exactly. I know. So um, I, I, it's just, I mean, whenever when he was announced, I had the exact opposite of the the feelings. Well, even when he was being talked about, I had the exact opposite mm. of the feelings that most Arsenal managers on Twitter, Arsenal managers, sorry, Thank Arsenal you. fans. <laughs> that's, a, that's an easy mistake to make. Um, <laughs> Arsenal yeah, fans on Twitter said that. You know that. Oh God! You know they're 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 going to be a real force now, and we should have gone and got him and blah blah blah. I've, I'm just looking for. I'm literally going get buying in the popcorn, put my feet up, and I'm just going to look forward to watching this roll out because um, it's going to be good fun seeing how they implode even further, and they're going to end up in even worse financial mess than they are now because they've they've already spent thirty four million quid getting rid of managers in the last twelve months. And there's that's a good just, transfer. That's yeah. a good, you know, it is a good transfer when you win your Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. It's a transfer, you know, and that's what that's yeah. all they wanted. The lesson. So, um, it's, it's only going to unravel even more because he is a very, very volatile manager. I was being, I was obviously being very, very uh, sarcastic earlier, but you know, you've seen him just lose it everywhere he's been in the past. And he's not going to get... I mean, people have been saying he's going to have 100 million quid to spend in January. I, I, I'm sorry, but did I miss Spurs winning the Euro millions or something? Um, mega rollover. Where are they going to get 100 million quid from? You know, maybe if they just sold Harry Kane, then fine. But they ain't going to get 100 million quid for Harry Kane anymore because he's got his flip-flops on. He's down the, down the beach. So um, I just don't know where they think they're... The massive, Im- that he, I, I'm, I'm not stupid. I know that they're going to get an improvement in results in the short term, um, but they're not going to be going, you know, head to head with Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool anytime soon. And um, I, I can genuinely say, without a shadow of a doubt, hand on my heart, I'd much be, much rather be in our position, whereby we made the mistake of appointing, you know, Unai. Where not, you know, just solely that being the mistake, but we didn't really attack the main problem at that point, whereby we needed a complete squad overhaul. We just thought that by appointing Unai, it would be a shortcut to getting back into the Champions League. And it, mm. it didn't work out that way. So what we've done now is we've literally you know, ripped up all the, the blueprints and started again. And we've completely remodelled our squad. We've totally taken down the age profile of the squad. We've got the young manager in place who has put this plan into place for a long-term project, which is obviously the horrible word. But we can all see it taking taking fruit and it's only going to get better over the next year or two. So I'd much rather be in this position now than Spurs' position because I've said before, Last weekend, they put out the most, the oldest uh, Premier League starting lineup 
in the Premier League this season. Spurs, mm. their squad is aging. They, they, I don't know how um, Conte sort of will suddenly re- realise that he needs a whole new squad basically within the next twelve months. He's going to have to change that squad completely, and they ain't going to have the money to do that. So, anyway. I'll leave the final word with you, Kunjan, on this one because I think um, the three of us have had a, a bit of a word about um, about Conte. So, and then we'll move on to something else. But what's your thoughts on it then, overall? I believe that um, there sorry is something absolutely sure. Sure. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just. I, I just need to log off and log back on again, just so I can get my my headphones to work. So I'll see you in a sec. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, I, I genuinely do believe, Andrew, um, that uh, there is a contingency plan in, in a positive way with Spurs. I, Antonio Conte rejected them earlier for a reason. And I think the reason is that there were Spurs. Um, however, their uh, f- uh, director of football must have convinced them. And as we've publicly known, um, Nuno was not even the third or fourth or fifth choice. They had an entire list. They they may have even contacted you to be their manager before they spoke to Nuno. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I rejected it out of hand. Yeah, of course, of course. Who wouldn't? Um, but the point is that getting Nuno... Like, I, 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 I know I shouldn't say this, but I actually felt sorry for Nuno because it was literally a, a case of a bad marriage and you saw it in my way. This is going to be something that's not going to work out. Um, his style of play and the kind of the perfect manager for Tottenham Hotspur was, is, and maybe will be for a very long time. Unfortunately, the Maurizio Pochettino. But why would he leave managing Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Hakimi, Sergio Ramos to come and manage a bunch of buffoons? Um, because. I'm I'm sorry, whatever the case, your love for the club, your the money that someone may pay you, at the end of the day, it's a career growth. You want to achieve certain things, be it trophies or even a skill set. And coming to Tottenham is 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 is, managed, is is a career suicide, if you ask me. Conte obviously has had this discussion. The sacking of Nuno did not happen overnight. Yes, we have seen it. Um that it happened post the Manchester United game. But I think it they'd been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to get him on board. And I think Ryan said it correctly. He's going to throw his uh, toys out of the pram very soon. It's happened at Chelsea. It's happened at Inter Milan. It's going to happen here. Uh, only the difference with something like Chelsea is that he did have the funds backing him up. At Inter Milan, on paper, he did have the funds backing him up until they realized yeah, COVID has messed us and now we have to start selling it, which is why, again, he's like, I'm good. You want to do so? I, I don't want to continue at this club. You cannot come to a Tottenham Hotspur and be painted a picture, however however rosy the picture may be painted, that, yeah, 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 we are here to win trophies. We're here to challenge for the title. It's, 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 it's shambolic. And if it is going to happen, it's going to be the biggest coup we've ever going to be seeing in football. That from nowhere, Tottenham Hotspur become title challengers. It, it's the biggest coup that's going to be heard of. But I do believe there is a result around the corner. I do believe um, there could be a trophy. Um, it pains me to say this, but there could be a trophy 
that Conte could be pushing for because he's going to come. He's going to. He's got November. He's got December to get the the players that that their acts together. He's got two months to get Harry Kane up and firing. And if that's not going to happen, I think Chappers mentioned earlier on that no one's going to pay a hundred million, leave it a hundred and fifty, but even a hundred million for Harry Kane. So. This is something that they have structured. This is something that's going to happen. And if it doesn't work out to what Conte wants, he'll be gone in the summer. He will be gone, not Tottenham. He will be gone. Yeah, but the, the thing is, about, already them, gone. about them winning a, a trophy, they've still got Tottenham's players. I know they've got a new <laughs> manager, but they've still got Tottenham's players. They've got mm. three or four good players, and that's being kind. You know, they've got obviously got the front two in Solomon Kane. Um, they've got Hoy Hoiberg, who's half decent but not world class, yeah. obviously. But you know, the rest of them are just a pile of pile of shite. To be honest with you, yeah, so, they are. But again, look at the competitions they're left in. Like the, the league cup, even though we're 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 pushing for it, it's not the most prestigious cup. And then you have the conference league. Like I'm sorry, like Chapper said, he lost four two. I'm pretty sure if he goes to the conference league, he could actually like scrape a draw with that. <laughs> Um, it's it's also quite a garbage uh, tournament. And like I I I celebrated, I celebrated that we did not get that last spot. It was it's it's atrocious to even like getting to Europa League was bad enough, and now you're getting to the Conference League. Please, any day of the year, leave me out of Europe for that. Um, and and I do feel that based on. The pedigree of that tournament, Tottenham do have a chance, and that too with this manager. If Nuno is pushing um, for that tournament and he's getting results, imagine what Conte is going to do. Conte is going to want to have results. Conte is going to put down his best eleven to win that tournament, and he's going to be pushing up the table as well. Actually, this is a serious question, and I'm not even joking because I don't even know. But do the best teams of the Europa League drop into the conference in the same oh. way that they do with the Champions yeah. League into the Europa League? I, I asked James so, yeah. earlier, and he said, yes, all the teams that have finished third in Europa League groups drop down automatically into conference. Because that doesn't happen this season in the Champions League, is it? Into the Europa, there's a playoff instead. Oh, okay. Only the top teams go through in the Europa um, to the next stage and the same way in the Champions League, I believe, or maybe the top two in the Champions League, actually. Yeah, it's the top two in the Champions League go through because the third used to go into the Europa, didn't they? Mm. But now the third in the Champions League plays off with the second in the Europa League groups. Oh, God. So it doesn't happen automatically anymore. So that's what I was wondering about the... Uh, whether that happened in the other competition. Because if that's the case, then there's going to be some half-decent teams dropping into the the conference, mm. in which case it's not going to be plain sailing for Spurs in that either. And also, and also but, got um, Roma's in that competition already. And if Tottenham <clears throat> come up against Roma, Marino will do everything he can to stop them oh, yeah. from the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very, very true. In fact, I'm the only thing I know is that if you're going to be if you're going to drop out of the Conference League, um, you fall into a big bowl of crap, which actually looks like the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> if you look at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think that's where you fall into. So that's what I'm so so very, very true. 
It is the toilet bowl after all. It is. The, um, oh, the Armitage Shanks Arena. <laughs> <laughs> ah, anyway. What the hell was that? Sorry. Right, anyway, we're going to move on to something different now. Um, in fact, I don't know what it is. So it's something that you wanted you put together, Chappers. So are you ready to go ahead with that? Uh, yeah, if you just want to... Hang on. Uh, yeah, I'm about ready. Let's go for it. So, yeah, here's just something I knocked up. Um, I just thought it would be quite fun. I, I, uh, it sort of all started by you sending me uh, a, a GIF, Andrew, of yeah. um, so, uh, some ravers sort of munching their chops off whilst dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, I've actually got a good idea for that. So uh, I went ahead and wrote it, and it might be a load of crap, but you never know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So if you just like to hit play on the thing, on that's the one. Good evening, pop pickers. And tonight, <laughs> we're here for Chappity's Top 10. That's right, it's Chappity's Top 10. And this week, we're going for the Top 10 Arsenal players' disastrous rave escapade. Up <laughs> to number 10, it's Ray Parler. His propensity for the demon drink landed him in hot water on a night out at the violin jaw in Cricklewood. After draining the venue's entire supply of Cobra Lager and voraciously demanding more, he opted to consume the entire place with everyone still in it. It was found a week later, 100 yards down the road from his flat in West Finchley. Staff and punters still intact. <laughs> a non-mover at nine, it's Sylvan Wiltor, who threw his toys out of the pram when booking the, via, booking the VIP section at the Bristol Palace, and when turning up, was informed that, we're sorry, Trevor Nelson, but you've been barred for years after that incident with the curlew and the Violina Superman, and pretending to be a famous footballer won't fool us. He's held a grudge against Roy Hodgson to this day. Up five, to number eight, it's Nacho Monreal. Diving in like a pensioner at a jumbo sale, jumble sale, who, after a misunderstanding, ended up in a nightclub, the Gurners Blessing Rooms. That's right, his English hadn't become that advanced. He decided to get into the spirit of things by purchasing a jumbo-sized bottle of poppers. And, after chugging it down, beer bong style, instead of sniffing it, was violently sick, ruining his night and his special trousers. Down three to number seven, it's Davor Suka. Well, his night took a turn for the interesting when he entered the sideways Shuttleworth in Camden and got trampled on entry when his chin was mistaken by 1,000 punters for a dance floor. The actual dance floor itself was grateful for the time off, whereas Davor spent months on the injury table. A non-mover of six, it's Marouane Chouac. Jamak. When attending the jumping up and down he became bored and asked a fellow punter if there was a way of livening things up. After being advised to double drops and dumps, he went to the nearest park and procured two pigeons. After being readmitted, he climbed up the balcony and became very dispirited when the pigeons simply just flew away. He spent a heated hour discussing with the club manager about why he should get his money back, whilst the manager quietly counted that he would be billed for the bird shit that had pasted his brand new sound system. Rocky! And on mover at number five, it's Alexander Clem. After witnessing Shamak's exploit, Clem, not to be outdone, visited the very same nightclub and frantically threw himself off 
the very same balcony. Arms flame, legs the kimbo, and rolling 15 times across the width of the dance floor. Chucked his arm up and claimed theatrically for a penalty. The crowd were all in agreement it was played for and jocks. Number four, it's Rami Sharban, was hallucinating so wildly, he became convinced he was in an episode of 80s quiz show Bullseye and throwing what he thought were dark, but turned out to be cocktail stirrers and confused punters, eventually being ejected by security after trying to drive off with the decks, convinced they were actually Bully's special prize of an Escort XR3 i coupe. Crazy stuff. Number three, Philip Senderos. As part of his Arsenal initiation, he proudly declared in song, accompanied by a full, co- full content of yodelers, that he had never, ever been to a nightclub already, using the reckoning that nothing would ever be Swiss enough for the likes of him. The closest he came was when he ate some cheese from the full of canteen, but had a hissy fit when he discovered it was Norwegian Jarlsberg. <laughs> Number two, it's Madden Ozil. That's right, our bug-eyed prankster had a fixation on laughing chat, didn't he? Or hippie crack, as some others like to call it. Well, he developed a very annoying habit of going to outdoor free parties and literally sticking balloons up unsuspecting hippies' cracks. <laughs> for a 17th week at number one, it's Gio Van Bronckhorst, who was dancing so frantically that he transmogrified into an actual Van de Graaff generator, creating an electrical current so strong that it interfered with the speakers and caused a short circuit. Punters were not too disappointed, though, because they were still able to charge their phones off of him. Thanks very much. That was Chapter Top 10. We'll see you next week. Oh, right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> can't, Thanks, can't actually, lad. Can't actually see anything. My eyes are just screaming so much. <laughs> oh, That's brilliant. And with all, and with all that Atlanta just Thanks very much, Dad. Oh fantastic, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Oh dear. Oh Jesus Christ. I've got to control myself now. <laughs> <sighs> right. Thanks for the inspiration. How the fuck? Andrew. How the fuck do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Oh dear. Yeah, Atlanta have just scored. That's fantastic. Yeah, right. Has been checked about VAR. Oh really? At this at this point, I think it's time just to have a quick look forward to boring as it is after that. But uh, <laughs> to the Watford game, because it's, uh, it, it's a game that fills me full of, you know, a bit sick in my mouth, to be honest, after the last one, one of the last times we played Watford, you know, under Unai Emery, which yeah. was the absolutely, sh- you know, horror show uh, that it was when we were tuned up at half time oh. and they came back and literally had about 35 shots in the second half, if you remember. Mm. Now, I'm pretty mm. confident that ain't going to happen again uh, this weekend. Touchwood, um, but yeah, Sunday. I'll come to you first, Ryan, on this one. What's your thoughts about this game? And uh, hopefully, you know, might be able to name an unchanged team. Fingers crossed. Um, how you, how you see it going? Based on how things have started for him, Everton aside, I think obviously with the home advantage as well, home crowd, game for the international break. We're not, as I said, we're on this high of not losing since Man City. I can't see anything but a convincing win here, if I'm being brutally honest. I mean, 
teams on a high. We're not, we're not conceding goals for fun anymore like we used to. And Watford aren't the same. Weren't aren't what they were under Emery back a couple of years, few years back now. Two years, three years back. Two, how many years ago that was? Yeah, and three so now. I think. Yeah, yeah two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. Sorry, when Greenwich captain, he came up national TV and said we were scared. Even that, even that, even that side of things does change as well. You can tell because of certain characters in the team now, certain players that either being brought through by the academy or being brought in full stop via transfers. That scared mentality that we once that we had under in that time frame isn't there anymore. Hmm. I think the teams that we, we, we this season we're going to see a lot of it this season where the teams we should beat, we will be beating. And, it's team, and then we'll nick the points here and there against the teams in and around us. And that's, yeah. where, that's obviously that's where a good time. And we'll, I'm convinced we'll get European football, but going to Sunday itself, I think Touchwood, no injuries or no COVID and all that Touchwood. Um, again, I wouldn't change a, I would not change a single play in that 11. Nuno no. uh, Tavares, the only Nuno in North London left. <coughs> Keep him in there. He's doing, he's, doing a fantastic, he's doing a fantastic job. And I can't, you can't fault him. He gives us something different. I know Tierney's a fantastic left back, but if he's if he's a little bit, if he's a, even if he's a, available, I'd put, I'd put him on the bench and have Nuno because Nuno gives us something different. Well, I don't think need. I think Tierney's from last time I heard yesterday or the day before, he's not started properly sprinting on his foot yet. So um, I doubt whether he'll be ready for the weekend. So mm. I think it'll be a, you know a case of Nuno deputising once more. Yeah. Uh, like the saying goes, why change something doesn't need fixing? Yeah. When it's, when it's no, working, when yeah. things are working, don't, you don't need to change. And as we well, you've got to reward the good performances as well, haven't you? Yeah. And that's, again, 100%. that's another critic of Wenger and Emery that they didn't, they never did that. I mean, we, we touched it under Wenger, Lucas Perez, of course, a Champions League hat-trick, then a few days later gets dropped against Southampton. As I, yeah. And uh, and what was it? And then we just constantly had his favourites, no matter what. Yeah. They could underperform and not this, that, and the other. That they'd always play. Whereas we're starting to see with, with a fully fit squad that Arteta isn't afraid to. If you ain't performing, he, he will drop you. He will play someone yeah. else. And with Granite being injured as well, it's key that Sambi and Partey get as much game time together as possible, build up a relationship more so for next season going forward. But also for Sam being a sense of because he needs he's, he's a, you can see that if he don't get game time now, he's going to be thrown under the bus. And it comes to, from Boxing Day till mid February when you're assuming Afcon goes ahead. Because yeah. we're going to lose part as it stands. If, if Afcon goes ahead, we're losing part. We're losing Pepper. We're losing El Nenny and Abamian. Three of them play. Three of them players are, key, are effectively key players. Obviously El Nenny being. More of a squad player, if and when we need it. I was going to say one of those one of those departures will actually strengthen the squad, won't it? But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be yeah, exactly. polite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, come to you, and I'm just going to make a quick deviation on this subject, actually, Kunjan, because mm-hmm. um, it you know there's been quite a few uh, reports out today as well that um, because of the lack of game time that Sabias is getting. At Real Madrid, we've been linked with him again for a move in January, uh, back on loan. Bearing in everything Ryan's just said in mind, what's your thoughts about that? Uh, <laughs> where would he play? Because um, 
if we're adopting the system that we're going for right now, we're, we're, you can see with the 442, we're, we're finding a certain grit, which if Pep had a striker, uh, an actual striker, you can see that even Pep Guardiola is going that route with this very uh, conservative yet modern approach to the 442. And, and Arteta, maybe it's a playbook from Pep or maybe Pep is taking a playbook from Arteta, but they're adopting a very similar style. If you were to get a Ceballos, you have yourself uh, an Odegaard who didn't even make the starting 11 when we played Leicester. You have uh, an Emil Smith-Rowe who's been pushed to the left and he's, he's amazing on the left, but that's not his natural position. Um, you bring the Ceballos in and based on what we've seen with him in two seasons, let's, let's give Ceballos the benefit of the doubt and let's say um, one season under Mikel, like one whole season, even though he was with Mikel one and a half season. We, we didn't see what Mikel is trying to implement. Yes, he's, he's got, I think the name is spinning top. He's got the whole spinning top thing where he gets the ball and he's, he rounds a couple of players and he's got a good center of gravity. But I, I think Sabayos would be a good option if we have someone who we actually need. Because if Eleni is um, a player that we're going to lose, if uh, Ainsley is a player we're going to lose, we're very light in midfield. We have three players that we can rely on in the center of the park, which is Thomas Partey, um, Lekonga, and when I say rely on, unfortunately, I have to put in the same breath Mr. Granit Xhaka. Um, based on those three names, Xhaka has picked up an injury and Lokonga is at the Philippines. But we bought him for that reason. He's left Eldeni on the bench. He's left Ainsley on the bench. So he's clearly doing a good job. You bring a Sabayos in, he should be a good squad player. But if we're building what we say we are, would, do you want a squad player or do you want a Tavares who's going to push a tyranny for that left-sided spot? And this is what every player right now, the six signings that have been put in. Aaron Ramsdale has left Leno on the bench. Tommy Asu has left uh, Chambers and Suarez on the bench and sent Bellerin to Spain. <laughs> ben White has ensured not only did he take Saliba's spot, he even took his number. Um, Tavares right now is making a very strong case about Tierney. I love Kieran Tierney, but if you came up to me and said, Tierney must start against Watford, I'd say, no, he must not start. I, I assure you that. That's what Tavares has done in the last few games. Lakonga has been very reliable. He does the dirty work and he's still finding his footing. And, and Martin Odegaard comes on in Leicester, keeps the midfield there, gets the ball up there, plays some beautiful passes. In fact, I think he was key to one of the passes that went to Aubameyang when Johnny Evans turned in. Yeah, um, he, he relieved a lot of pressure in that second half. He did. And, and then all of a sudden, you can see that all these six signings Mikel has brought in, there's a purpose behind it. If Sabayos is on our radar, I trust Mikel enough because I'm the same person who said, what's Mikel doing with Ramsdale? I've had my humble pie, and I assure you, it did not taste good. So if Mikel is pushing for Sabaya, 
I have to trust the man and I have to say he knows what he's doing. But I don't think he should be the first name on the transfer list that we should be trying to target. No. I, I, I can't add anything to that. I think yeah, I agree with everything everything that you just said, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see more of a, a long-term signing come in, if anything. Um, someone that we really need. I'd love to see the the sort of midfield version of Tavares come in. You know, this mm. hidden gem. This hidden gem that we we haven't heard of before, but who's big and powerful and strong, and, you know, very athletic, who can really sort of, yeah, be a real force in our midfield. You know, we were linked with someone like that, but unfortunately, he went to Real Madrid. We were linked with Camavinga, and I think he would, he would be perfect for any midfield that he goes to. He's young, yeah. he's strong, he's he's uh, robust, he's multi-talented, and he unfortunately, well, fortunately for him, he went off to Real Madrid, and we can't compete with that right now. There must be another Camavinga out there somewhere. You know, and we've we've found a few real good gems that none of us had really heard of, if we're honest, before in the summer. And let's just hope that, you know, uh, Edu can pull another one out of the bag somewhere Um, and Edu and Arteta between them. So let's move on back on to Chappers with you. Um, And I'll come back to you a bit in a a short while, uh, Kunjan, about your thoughts about Watford. But I'll move to you about what your thoughts are about the upcoming game at the weekend, mate. Also, our draw in the cup that we wanted. <laughs> against, oh, yeah, well, we discussed. We, well, against, well, that, against that prick, Lee Johnson. Because <laughs> we discussed that last week, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, so, um, well, I mean, we're quite lucky because usually when it, when it, when it comes to sort of, oh, we might get a favourable favorable draw here. We draw some, we do end up drawing somebody like Man City or Chelsea or someone like that. And it's like, oh, God, not again. So it's actually quite nice to get probably the most favourable team um, in that draw. And, um, I mean, that really puts us instead to, um, to, to, to progress, really, doesn't it? I'm just yeah. trying to think who's still in it. Spurs are still in it, aren't they? That sets up a, a nice semi-final. Liverpool, um, Chelsea... Yeah. Um, I'm sure, yes, yeah, yeah. Spurs are, yeah, Spurs are yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea versus Chelsea, Liverpool versus Leicester, and yeah. Leicester yeah. Versus them not down the road, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if we're lucky, uh, if, if we continue with the luck, less Liverpool and Chelsea will get each other in the semi final, so one nice. of them will have to go out, yeah, that anyway. Nice. Uh, so, um, that's great, and um. You know, I, I expect Lee Johnson is probably now shit, uh, shitting his pants in his uh, <laughs> crummy little, uh, crummy little office. You know, with a. Oh, I, uh, this is the first pod- podcast I've ever brought in a Vileda Supermop twice, but uh, with with the Vileda <laughs> Supermop in the background and uh, you know his abacus or whatever on the side. Um, so yeah, he's probably going to be shitting his pants now, and. Um, I'm glad because I really can't wait to wipe a smile off his face uh, when we mm. destroy them. Um, and we will destroy them. I think I think it's going to be a really, really convincing win. I think Arteta's probably going to end up fielding a mixture of um, uh, informed players and uh, probably, 
you know, a few a few other fringe players that might be performing as well. So uh, that's that's something to look forward to. Um, what was the other question? Uh, Watford coming up at the weekend. Oh, Watford, yeah, Watford coming up. Mm. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, again, I think that Watford. Although, who was it? They they uh, they did win. Who was it? They yeah, beat Everton. Everton yeah, five two. Five two. And and at the helm now, isn't he? So, I mean, it still might make it still might make for an interesting match. I I suspect that it'll probably be quite an open game. Perhaps, you know, if uh, Ranieri's sort of involved, he's going to tinker away until he kind of gets it right. But uh, I, I expect... Just to Sorry win. to interrupt. Is that an owl in the background? No, it's a dog. It's, it's actually oh, right. a, a couple of dogs outside. No, it's not I thought owl. you had an owl in the uh, in your castle, uh, Chappers. <laughs> I'm actually in the castle this evening. I'm not in the castle, but... Uh, oh, OK. Uh, you do. There is a lot of lot of owl action that you get, especially this time of year. A lot of owl action. It's very very spooky. They're all trying to fuck each other at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> uh, I, so I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I don't think it's going to be a particularly difficult match. Um, but I think, or it will still be an entertaining match. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, good. Yes, yeah, so what I mean, just briefly then, Kunjan, what are you in the same boat with regards to this weekend's game? Uh, I, I'm confident. I'm confident, but I do think Ranieri is a, a good coach. Um, let's not let's not write off even the one 0 loss to Southampton. Because um, if, if you go into the statistics, they actually had about I think ten shots on goal. So and and they had about like maybe thirty six to thirty eight percent or somewhere there of possession. So I I do feel uh, we shouldn't take it too lightly. We shouldn't just walk in and assume that we'll get the three points. But we should continue the momentum. We should go in there and 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 take it just as seriously as we took Aston Villa or Leicester. And and for one odd reason, because my OCD has been kicking in about this, we need a positive goal difference. Um, and it's something, and it's something that I don't know why no one has addressed this yet. But this entire season, we have not won both halves. If you watch any of the games, we have not won both halves. We have won only one of the halves. Mm-hmm. I think we need to change that. We need to go into the first half, win it. Go into the second half and win it. Because the minute we do that, a we're putting on pressure on the opposition that. We're coming at you. We're not going to sit back and, and, and soak in the pressure. And B, I think it's going to help us climb the table. I'm just looking at the table right now. Chelsea have a positive goal difference of 23. Liverpool, uh, 21. Manchester City, 14. West Ham United, 9. Manchester United, 4. And we're in negative 1. Um, which means that even if we do win, let's say even if we win convincingly, 3-0, we would still be behind West Ham if they lose because of goal difference. That's something we need to fix. We need to get the momentum going. We need to let the goals start, um, you know, speaking and thus climbing up the table. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point, actually. That is something that we definitely need to sort of uh, correct as quickly as possible because it is annoying. Seeing us sitting up there really nicely, we haven't got to scroll down to the second page of the league table anymore to see where we are. (laughs) Um, But it'll be nice to see that we've got a positive goal difference as well. That's definitely right. 
Um, does anyone know when this uh, the next round of the Carabao Cup is? Um, it's slated as we speak tentatively for December, but I don't think that's going to be possible because um, it says over here 22nd December. Um, but I don't think it's going to be possible because I'm counting the fixtures. If you include the Sunderland game, Arsenal have United away, Everton away, Southampton at home, West Ham at home, Leeds away, Sunderland at home, Norwich away, and uh, Wolves at home. That's eight games in December. I, wow. I think that's just insane. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to slot in a December game. Wow, I would I would have. I'm shocked that it's not until December, considering we're only in the second of November. And the final yeah. is the final is always around February time. February, so, yeah. it's gonna be early March, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I was expecting it this month. If I'm honest, because worst why the international. Break. I think I think maybe because of oh, the international of break, they're not slotted. Because the international break, they're not slotted. The the the, the game, oh, and that's why they're pushing to December. Of course, of course. So we've literally only got three games this month, then. Yeah, but. See, this is why um, I miss European football big time. You know, yeah. I miss the amount of games and watching Arsenal as much as uh, we used to. But anyway, that's uh, that's. So, I mean, we're going to go from a three-game month to an eight-game month. That's mm. mad, isn't it? That's really crazy. Yeah, yeah we're going to need the squad. Someone needs to have a word with somebody in scheduling, don't they? <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs yeah. to have a word with the FA and just stop all these um, international breaks, which are imagine, very annoying. Imagine, imagine next season, literally, World Cup's in, what was it, November, mid-November till December or something like that. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have international breaks galore at the start of the season. Yeah, I know. Sure. So the season's going to be starting. We've got to put it on pause for this World Cup for a month. I know. I don't even... Do you know what? I am... Um, I don't even know what the next season is actually going to look like in regards to when it starts, when it ends, or anything, to be honest with you. I haven't even looked into it. Have you? No. No. It's mad. But um, I, 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 think I, I think I do have an idea of what next season is going to look like. Um, I think if we, if we don't even qualify for Europe at all, um, if, we don't, if we don't qualify for Europe at all, it's going to look like this. Um, <laughs> if we do qualify, that's not that's not going to work on Spotify. And if we qualify for the uh, uh, UEFA, but no, what's it called? The Europa Conference. Conference. It's look like this. Oh. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I would have even Sorry taken that though this season for. Uh, <laughs> I would have taken it this season for just so we can see more of the kids playing. Uh, at least it would have been, in, you know, a few week midweek games where we could have seen Aziz and Patino and uh, stuff like that, maybe potentially. But anyway, it is what it is, and um, I think we'll call it a day there, guys. If that's all right with you, well, you ain't got no choice in the matter because I'm just going to stop it anyway. But I'm um, being polite. Yeah, you're the host. But. Um, Thank you to everyone in the chat today. It's been great. Got some really good comments in there. And it is going to be the normal time now. From now on, it's going to be every Tuesday um, at 7.30. So please make sure you hit the notification button. Um, subscribe, obviously, if you haven't done so already. And um, then you won't miss the show moving forward. And gold, like we had 
today with um, Chappers' top ten. You know, oh, you I've got some more in the. I've got some more in the pipeline. I've got some more ideas in the pipeline. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing, mate. That's amazing. So I look forward to those. But yeah, once again, thank you, Kunjan. And you're going to be a regular on regular on the show as well, which is great. Too. Thank you for that, Andrew. Really appreciate everyone to hear about. And thank you for coming along tonight. It's been a pleasure. Um, Ryan, same with you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for making it tonight. It's great. What's what have you got coming up to um, this week? Have you got too much going on? Um, in terms of Arsenal content, as I said last night, I think the preview on Friday, double watch along obviously the men's and women's game literally back to back on Sunday. That's fucking brilliant, isn't it? That's great scheduling, that is quite well done, Sky. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, we, want to, we want to promote the women's game, but literally two teams playing each other, like playing pretty much at the same time, makes fucking perfect sense. On Super Sunday, yeah. Um, so we're doing that, and the match of the day streams I'll do on Sunday as well. And a few bits and pieces throughout the week as well. But yeah, apart from that. Fantastic. Well, go make sure you, if you haven't done so already, go and subscribe to Ryan's channel as we keep mentioning the Mr. Arsenal podcast on YouTube. And Chappers, thank you again. Thanks for that uh, that wicked top 10 today. Really enjoyed it, mate. No worries. Aye, aye. Um, yes, thanks for having me on again. I'll yeah, see you again soon. Well, we'll indeed. We'll see you next Tuesday, and that is not a rude thing. I'm just, I actually meant see you next Tuesday. First thing that um, came into my head, that mate. I was, <laughs> I was not calling you a rude name. I will just have you know. Right. Once again, thanks, guys, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel. And whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Good morning and welcome to the Central Bank. Just let you all know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit.